Manx Radio Sport, driven by Rex Motor Company. Good evening and welcome to Friday Sport Preview on Manx Radio. Rob Pritchard here, and as ever, I hope you've had a wonderful week so far. Coming up tonight. This Sunday sees the return of the Manx Grand Prix for the first time since 2019. We hear from the organisers as well as the double winner of the races last time out. In football, a fierce test awaits FC Isle of Man tomorrow as they start a busy schedule of four away games in ten days. And in athletics, it's the finale of the No Rest for the Wicked series tonight. We hear how the event has unfolded over the last week. That is all to come this evening. So, kicking things off tonight, we're now less than 48 hours away from the return of the Manx Grand Prix on the Snaefell Mountain Course. The racing festival takes place from this Sunday through until the Bank Holiday Monday on the 29th of August. There is also a new shorter nine-day schedule and new regulations for machines and the running of the event to consider after the three-year absence. So, how are those behind it feeling about the MGP finally getting a chance to return? I spoke to chair of the Manx Motorcycle Club, John McBride. Well, I think it's marvellous. I mean, we've had a, a few ups and downs over the past three years trying to make sure that we do get it back in its correct format. There have been changes where, you know, it's it, not necessarily to everybody's liking, but, you know, at least we do have the Manx Grand Prix and uh, we have the Classics back with uh, under the Manx Grand Prix umbrella, which is, is a phenomenal uh, thing, really. Uh, we've got a great entry for the races and we, we're, we're certain that uh, this is going to be a great weekend of racing which although condensed into the weekend a lot of people will appreciate that and uh, you know it's, it's going to be better for the public probably better for the marshals as well really not so much uh, a time drag on them and uh, and on the officials so i think it's the first year we'll have to see how it goes but i think it's going to be marvelous after this enforced hiatus over the past couple of years actually getting back into the rhythm of it, getting this whole event set up and the infrastructure that comes with it. How has the preparation been getting everything together this time around? Well, luckily, uh, a lot of people involved have, have done it for a long time and, and uh, particularly with our club, Anne Convig, who's the race secretary, uh, Heather and Lydia, who who's, will be our new race secretary as Anne retires after this event. They're well-versed in getting things together and it's really been... I mean. It, Getting, getting off the mark has been uh, a bit slow because we did have big changes to the regulations, big changes to uh, safety protocols, big changes to a lot of aspects of the, of the event, which we've had to get used to. So um, it's come along nicely and actually clicked into place very well. So we're there. We're ready to go. Just taking a look at the the, the lineup that's uh, available this year, and no surprises really. I guess it is a it, it's a star-studded lineup, isn't it? It is, particularly in the classic races. Um, we we do have uh, John McGuinness again, and uh, Michael Dunlop, and a lot of uh, TT stars, local TT star uh, Nathan Harrison is riding. Uh, he should uh, show well. And looking through the Manx Grand Prix classes, we've got some great riders and 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 some great newcomers. I think it's probably the best newcomer lineup for quality that we've ever had although uh, there's only 20 newcomers they're all of a very very good quality and, and a lot of them are going to make good tt riders in the future and, and many from uh, far-flung places you know on the continent and this sort of thing so we're looking forward to the event 
You mentioned newcomer numbers there being good, and it's something that we saw this year with the likes of the Southern 100 as well. They had a good newcomer lineup separately as well. So even with that uh, enforced break that's happened over the last couple of years, the interest and passion, although probably not surprising to many, is still great, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, the event, I think, is now probably going to go from strength to strength, probably on, in a different tack to what uh, many people are used to, but uh, I think it will go from strength to strength and it will become more and more a feeder for the TT and people realise that. In fact, one uh, newcomer who I, I was talking to when we had our newcomers weekend, he was being pressurised to do the TT by his sponsors more than anything and he said it would have been so much easier to get sponsorship to do the TT but I wanted to do the Manx Grand Prix and uh, I said well I apologise that there was no newcomers class and he said that's not what he came for he said uh, he didn't want the pressure of having to uh, go out and race in the newcomers because he would be expected to win so he wants to just take a, a back seat and he, he prefers to come in through the Manx Grand Prix and move on to the TT and I think he probably will be a, a top TT star in future. And that's one of the big things about the Manx Grand Prix. It's, it's long been that platform, hasn't it, for potential future TT stars and being able to get used to the roads around here. And it, of, of course, it's a monster of a course to actually learn and get used to. Having that platform is is so important for some of these riders going forward, especially if they are having their eyes maybe on the likes of the TT itself in X amount of years time afterwards. It is, yes. But uh, we, for the last few years, we've run a very good newcomers programme and uh, we we do get them over and we uh, get them to know each other and know um, the instructors and they get instruction in all aspects of the um, of the racing, including pit stops and uh, machine preparation and this sort of thing. And you can actually see the, the scales fall from their eyes and they really become confident. You know, you can tell as the week go, weekend goes on, they become more and more confident and they understand what the racing's about and uh, you know who's going to make it and who isn't, you know. And, and to be honest, not all riders have the ambition to want to go on to the TT. You know, they want, want to try and do well at the Manx Grand Prix. And we have had riders move into the TT who, you know, have maybe not quite been... Uh, fast enough to uh, to figure in the results you know so they uh, some of them have actually come back to the back to the Manx Grand Prix but uh, on the whole I think we've we've certainly had some good good people go up from the last few years and uh, hopefully this year will be another good year for that. Manx Motorcycle Club Chair John McBride there and sticking with the Manx Grand Prix and 2019's Junior and Senior Champion is among those heading back into the racing when it gets back underway. Manxman Nathan Harrison will be hoping to also follow up an impressive TT debut by making his mark again on the MGP meet. He won't be taking part in the classes which he won last time around. Instead, he'll be on board the Classic Machines. Manx Radio's William King caught up with Harrison this week to find out how preparations have been going. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I've been racing it trucks in British U bikes um at the weekend just gone. So um I think there'll be a bit of a speed difference on what I'm gonna be riding. Um but um I've got two great bikes. Um I'm gonna be on a three fifty Honda um which is the SC racing Keyside tires bike. Um Wayne, Dave and my dad have been there prepping that this week since we got back. Um and then I'm riding a classic super bike for the Greeno racing team, which is probably one of the best bikes on the grid. Um I've seen it once and it's immaculate so I think I'm in for a a good couple of races. So you've just come back from Thruxton, you did the Southern 100 and the TT as well. Do you think doing the short circuits has is beneficial, has an impact on your road racing or are they two completely different things? No, I definitely think it helps with like confidence if you like, because um, obviously riding week in, week out on the bike that you're riding on the TT course definitely helped me at the Alaman TT. Um, obviously it's a 
the best road race in the world, but it's one of the hardest road races in the world. Um, so getting that time and being lucky enough for the sponsors I've got to go and do the British Championship um, around the roads has definitely helped me progress, um, gets you right up to speed. Um, and then obviously the Southern 100, it just piggybacks off everything else because obviously you've been at the Northwest, you've been at the TT, you've been at the British Championship. And then at that time of the year, if you've had a good run to there, um, you're, you're full of confidence. So, and then now the classic, um, it'd be something a bit different for me. Obviously I've not, really i've rode a classic bike a couple of times but i've not been on on the classic super bike the first time i ride that will be down bray hill on a sunday afternoon um but it'll be more of a enjoyment and get more experience around the tt course really so what's that difference like then riding on a classic bike a lot slower um i'll be able to watch the sunset going up the mountain mile i think whereas in tt i'm holding on for dear life um just a passenger but no it'll definitely be a different experience and i'm really really looking forward to it and as we know, there's been a couple of changes this year. How are you feeling about riding on a bank holiday? I think it's great. Obviously, all the races are, are combined. So it'll be good having the bank holiday weekend. Obviously, all the locals should be off. Um, it'll hopefully attract some people over to watch over the weekend without having to take any time off work, including myself, which my dad will be happy about. And then, um, like you say, it'll, hopefully it'll create that bit of atmosphere and it'll be good riding around and seeing lots of people on the edges, hopefully. Now, people won't see you if they look out for you in the, the non-classic races. Um, just what, tell us a little bit about why that is. So in 2019, when the Manx Grand Prix last run, um, I won the junior and senior race. And it's more of like a gentleman's agreement that you don't go back. Um, obviously, especially when you've done the TT, you can't go back. Um, but So basically, because um, I won that in 2019, it's just the thing that you don't do. Um, so that's why they let you come into the classic racing. So basically it gives other people a chance. So yeah, I think there's going to be a good couple of races in the Manx Grand Prix as well. Um, there's some fast people, so that should provide some good racing. And you're looking forward to it. And what what you're hoping for in the in the classic races? I think it's more of a race of nutrition, really. I think if you, if you look after the bike and keep it going and be consistent, I think you'll be somewhere near at the end. Because obviously, as you know, a classic bike is a classic bike, so it's older and more fragile. Um, so I think if you can kind of look after it and ride it nicely if you like um i think hopefully you should be somewhere near at the end who are the biggest competitors that you're up against well obviously there's the usual the usual names in the superbike class is obviously david johnson who won it the last time around michael i think lee johnston there's, there's, a, there's obviously a well-known tt names and like high profile tt riders in it um so obviously with me being quite new to the TT game. I'm just looking forward to being, a, hopefully, being amongst them again and seeing if we can do anything. And then obviously, on the little 350, I'm actually in like a 500 race, so the 350 is going to be down on a bit of speed. But like you say, you never know if them big 500s are going to carry on going. So I think I'm free first 350 away. So it'll be like you say, a bit of fun. And hopefully, if I can keep it going, we can try and put a result in amongst the 500s. Manx Radio Sport, driven by Rex Motor Company. Find your dream car by visiting rexmotorcompany.in today or find us on Facebook. Nathan Harrison chatting to William King there. Well, moving on to football and from tomorrow, FC Isle of Man face the arduous test of four away games in 10 days in the NWCFL Premier Division and starting that run off this Saturday will be a huge test for the Ravens. They travel to face Vauxhall Motors on the Wirral and the Manx side's opponents have had a perfect start to their season with four wins from four Four games. FC Alabama manager Chris Bass spoke to me about the size of the challenge they face this weekend. Yeah, Vauxhall Motors look a very strong side at the moment. They've got good form and in the early part of the season, especially beating uh, West Didsbury this week. And we all know how good West Didsbury can be on the day. 
So I think that's a fantastic result for Vauxhall Motors. And for us, we don't expect anything um, apart from really, really tough games. Looking at the last two results, back-to-back wins, both 2-1 after that uh, that narrow opening day loss. What's been done differently in the last couple of games that's seen you actually getting the points you've been working for? I think uh, we're trying to basically try and keep the ball. and We've tried to do something different this year, keeping the ball on the floor a little bit more and moving it through uh, the lines as quick as we can, trying to play two-touch, three-touch and keep the other team moving. It uh, it works okay, but it doesn't necessarily work for 90 minutes because it's a very difficult thing to ask of the players. But having won the last two games, I think we are improving slowly. But also on the other side of the coin, we could have easily lost those games. We could have gone 2-0 down in both of those games and if you go 2-0 down in this league I don't think you're coming back like we were last year. It's a high standard isn't it but also it's it's important to look at the long term picture in some ways that this is still the very much the very early stages of the season isn't it a lot can happen between now and the end. Yeah we've gone into this season you know um, just on the basis of let's stay in the league let's consolidate our position within the Premier League Let's build a team that's going to be strong enough maybe to go up another level, which by doing that, you're going to have to introduce some younger players to the squad as, as we move forward. But it's it's the challenge that we took on and here we are in the middle of it and we've not had a bad start. Well, especially if you look at the likes of the other teams that were promoted into the division, the likes of uh, Berry AFC, West Didsbury and Charlton, they're also seeming to find some aspects of this division challenging as probably comes as no surprise yeah I think I think uh, Berry uh, lost a game this week Didsbury lost a game this week we lost the first game of the season so we've all lost a game and I expect uh, to probably not do so well in a number of games this year when you consider I think it's Skelmsdale went up last year I think something like that and they dropped 41 points so that's an awful lot of losses and draws and still get promoted. So it's about keeping and um, trying to be as um, consistent as you can, really, and getting through from game to game. We've talked about that previously, how in- intense the schedule is going to be this season. Looking particularly in the now, there's you know a couple of midweek games, that four away games in 10 days. How's the squad depth looking to cope with that at the moment? I think the squad is uh, it's okay. It's not at full tilt because there are a number of players that are still carrying knocks. Uh, in particular, we're missing Sean Doyle. And when you take out his uh, 31 league goals last year, I think that's uh, that's um, you know a lot to lose. Um, you've got uh, Daniel Simpson that's got a sore knee. Mikey Williams still recovering from a broken toe. So there are there are Sam Kane coming back from his injuries. So there's there is a lot to look forward to if they can get themselves fit. But at the same time, I've always said you know when one door closes for a player, then another one opens for somebody else in the squad, just to show what they can do. Hopefully they come through and you know grab hold of the shirt and don't want to let go. And we've covered this not uh, the fact of having a pre-season schedule. We've spoken previously about that, but also maybe that cup run toward the end of last season, where a couple of other players were coming into the squad and showing their capabilities that maybe hadn't had the same sort of appearances in the league. The fact that you effectively started that process of bringing more of the squad into the system going into this season has that helped overall well, when you look at Ronan was in the cup run and he's now played a few games that you know in in the 
in the league programme this year. So that's the sort of thing that we're looking for. We're always looking for every individual to improve and just keep pushing forward as much as they can. It's gonna be it's gonna be very, very difficult. We you know, we've we're not stupid enough to think that we're gonna finish in the top two or three. I would be amazed if we finished up there. But if we finished, you know, above halfway and consolidated our pitch and uh, place in the league, then you couldn't be happier than that, really. And let's not forget the momentum that we had from that cup run and the actual crowds that we had. They gave, they were gaining momentum, but unfortunately we're not seeing that at the moment due to the summer holidays. But as the weather starts to turn and they're looking for something to do on a Saturday evening, I think those crowds will come back. And looking again just to this weekend and, and Vauxhall Motors, what would you hope most of all from this game knowing the challenge that's in front of you one thing I would expect as I've always say is our players to give everything and leave everything on the pitch and if we do that then hopefully we'll we'll still be in the game in the last sort of like five to ten minutes to me be able to get a late winner but on the other hand they are a very very good side so I think we are going to be the team that's going to be having to grafted extremely hard for the first 45 minutes which is pretty much the norm with the teams that we've seen and their technical abilities they all seem to have great you know midfielders or great strikers or a very commanding center half it's just going to be a difficult season for us but we we're looking forward to it and if we can win that game then that gives you self-confidence moving into the next three away games Manx Radio Sport, driven by Rex Motor Company. Find your dream car by visiting rexmotorcompany.in today or find us on Facebook. And rounding things off tonight, it's been an exciting week once more in Manx Athletics as the No Rest for the Wicked series has been taking place across the last week. Tonight is the final event starting in Peel at 7pm. There have been impressive performances across the board, but going into this evening's final showdown, two individuals in particular have been asserting their dominance in the men's and women's half marathon leagues as Dave Griffiths explains. Yes, Corin Leeming is an outstanding athlete. Um, athletics actually isn't his main uh, sport. He's primarily a triathlete, but uh, clearly a very good runner as well. Uh, he's still young. He's still he's still in the junior men's category, which is uh, which is the under-20 category. He's won all five races so far, and I believe uh, I was actually in touch with John Watterson from Isle of Man newspapers this morning, and we think, although we haven't checked, but if he wins tonight, it probably will be the first time since the league went to six events uh, that anybody's achieved a, a clean sweep uh, and I think it would need a you know uh, I think the only way that Corrin wouldn't win tonight is if maybe one of the top athletes like Ollie Lockley or someone turns up but I don't know whether that's likely uh, or not but uh, he, he certainly uh, he's got a great uh, great lead um, at the head of the league I mean naturally with that sort of set of performances he'll be making the headlines but you've also been impressed by some of the other names that have been pushing up towards the top of the standings as well haven't you yes absolutely um i mean one of the other things uh, this week is that we've got people who perhaps specialise in in other disciplines in athletics um, who have been really impressive all week. Uh, Harry Wetherill, who's third in the league at the moment, he's uh, he's primarily a fell runner. Uh, we've got Parish Walk, uh, the Parish Walk specialist, um, Liam Parker, uh, who is currently standing seventh uh, in the league at the moment. Uh, and then um, in a couple of events, we've had Tom Partington, one of our leading leading race walkers. Uh, he, he had a run in the... Um, 
in the in the Killer Mile uh, the other night. So yeah, it's it's really great to see. Uh, and one real standout performance I thought in the Ramsey 10K on Wednesday was uh, Lucas Stennis, who's only just turned 15 years of age. Uh, he ran a time just outside 35 minutes, which is really really impressive and just shows how promising he is. Well, let's take a look at the uh, women's half marathon standings, and it's a, almost a similar story in terms of uh, dominance up at the top, isn't it, from one particular individual? It is, yes, it is. Uh, Dawn Atherton um, has been the standout athlete. She's run really well, really consistently all week. Uh, she just looks like she's enjoying her running so much at the moment, which is great to see. Um, a slight difference in the women's league compared with the men's one, because Dawn, uh, although she's she's well clear in the league, she hasn't actually won any of the individual races. I think in, in the women's races, we've had quite a number of athletes who have done perhaps one-off races or turned up and done two or three races. Um, in fact, I, I think we should maybe give, uh, give the winners I mentioned because in the half marathon it was visiting athlete Carmel Edwards uh, who won down in Ramsey uh, Hannah Moore uh, who's uh, really improved uh, over the last year or so. She's had two wins in the Peel Hill race and the Killer Mile. And Becky Pate has also had two wins. Uh, she won the 10K race in Ramsey and the Foxdale Five last night. So it's good to see the honours being shared around. But certainly in terms of the, the league as a whole, uh, Dawn is, is well clear. I think she's got about nine minutes in hand on Joanne Sharda, who's also uh, run really well at the moment. Um, but yeah, if, if Dawn does win, it'll be it'll be well-deserved. Speaking of some of the younger competitors, you mentioned uh, Lucas Stennett there in the Ramsey 10k but also in the Kilimar we saw some of the younger female competitors as well putting in some good times as well didn't we? Yeah that's that's right um, we had uh, I, I think even an under 11 I think Poppy Clayton uh, young Manx Harriers athlete uh, she was she was well up in the standings can't remember exactly where she finished but she was well well up and her elder sister Abby who's an under 13 uh, was a little bit ahead of her um, and yeah there was some of the uh, uh, some of the young uh, uh, boys as well you know they were they were well at the standings the killer mile was great because uh, it was open to athletes from nine years of age upwards so obviously you know it was a rare chance for them to compete against the seniors and uh, yeah they did really really well let's take a look at the marathon standings obviously a smaller table definitely compared to the half marathon standings but uh, again uh, one particular name sticking out at the moment at the top quite prominently yes Mike Garrett uh, is sort of known in Banks Athletics as being completely ageless uh, he just never seems to change from one year one decade to the next he never looks any different Mike never never slows down he's actually in the 50 to 54 category but he's, he's absolutely dominated uh, he ran a 2 hour 56 marathon on Sunday which uh, in extremely hot conditions uh, was a tremendous run and uh, it doesn't seem to have affected him at all he's been running really strongly uh, in every event this week and I'm sure it'll be no different uh, tonight he's about 14 minutes clear of Paul Jennings um, who is, is not an athlete I know particularly well but uh, he's, he's really impressed me this week uh, he's done very well indeed and it's it's good to see you know it's good to see different names uh, coming to the fore. But uh, yeah, Mike's been absolutely outstanding all week. Manx Radio Sport, driven by Rex Motor Company. Find your dream car by visiting rexmotorcompany.in today, or find us on Facebook. Well, that's all the time we have on Friday Sport Preview this evening. Many thanks to my guests this week, John McBride, Nathan Harrison, Chris Bass and Dave Griffiths there. So have yourself a wonderful Friday evening, whatever you're doing, and have a wonderful weekend as well. So until next time, bye for now.